and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I thought, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro with Halo. In my head, thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. We would have to two v one, like just to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying to reach you. You're like, see you guys later. A lot of Halo in my life, man. It's been a, it's been a fun journey. I love it. Hello, welcome back to HCS Weekly, your weekly destination for all things HCS. We are back. I'm your host, Shyway. We've been gone from about a two-week hiatus. I know we weren't here last week. Of course, we had DreamHack Anaheim. Hopefully, you guys got a chance to catch DreamHack Anaheim. We had a pretty incredible Halo Reach tournament, $50,000 on the line. I had the good fortune of hosting it, so hopefully, you got a chance to see me there as well. I had a lot of fun at the event, uh, maybe a little too much fun on Sunday night. I bumped my head. You might notice I got a Band-Aid on my forehead here. That uh, That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> we'll move on from there but it was a good event hopefully you guys enjoyed it and new halo news continues to come out we got exciting things happening in halo just today actually we got the announcement of halo ce on pc so finally we can get back to our roots with halo ce and exciting uh exciting enough we've got an incredible guest joining us later on the show who's a legend in halo ce and of course before we get there we've got our news we got to break down what's happening in the world of halo i got maddie rums joining me from noobcombo.com maddie how's it going Hey, dude, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm recovering. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you'd be a little bit better. I'm fine. I, what you can't really see is the... Uh, I, I look frozen on my on my end. Okay, hopefully it's better. Is the, the blood... I burst a blood vessel in my eye, and it's like red on the right side. Anyway, I don't think... No, hopefully you good. guys can't see that. Yeah, you can't uh, see. It's been, it's been a weird week, but, uh, but the event was great, and hopefully you're doing well, too. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. Just busy. Okay. Yeah, well, but I'm uh, good. Yeah, you're keeping up. I know I've, I've been seeing noob combo updates uh, from the event. You put up uh, the winners. You like I love that you're keeping up with the competition. And of course, you got all, all the recent stuff coming up, too. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, like you mentioned, we had a surprise drop today. Uh, Halo CE Anniversary is now out on PC for uh, Master Chief Collection. You can get it on Steam and Microsoft Store, just like Halo Reach. Let's go. Yeah, I don't think it, we weren't. A lot of people thought we had planned this, but it was a surprise to us. Too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, some of the new features you can expect you have 60 frames per second, possibly more with the frame rate, which is okay. still experimental. Okay. Uh, has 4K UHD support, new Spartan uh, customization model. You can, one thing I thought was pretty cool, you can switch between classic audio or the anniversary audio. That's cool. Which gonna? I know you can do that in the campaign with the graphics. So right. Pretty cool so it's a toggle the in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, like Reach, you also like I mentioned, yeah, variable frame rate and uh, an adjustable FOV, which is That's still kind of a game changer right there. Yeah, still considered an experimental feature, so it might okay. be still have some issues. Uh, push to talk, which was a big one, and you can keybind it as well as a uh, text chat. Another feature which I thought was real cool. Just like you can change your button layout for each game specifically, you can now do that with your keybinds. Right. So I think that's pretty big. Way more flexibility on a keyboard than you would have with a controller, especially when you're comparing it to the original Xbox controller where people started. You, there's so much more you can do now uh, to make it you know, perfect for yourself. So pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they added uh, data, center, data center ping values, which you can now see, so you can see what your ping is, okay. as well as other players. And as far as playlists go, the only ranked playlist right now is doubles with 2v2 with hardcore settings. That is the the current uh, like hardcore way to play, I know, as well. 2v2 right. is the, yeah, there's still a community playing that. 
Okay. But and they uh, have all these social ones. Yeah, and social, yeah. Slayer, precision slayer, auto slayer, flag and bomb, zone control, asset denial, action sack, snipers, free for all. You're everything you'd come to expect. Yep. Yep. I uh, I saw a tweet from Moses. Uh, he was saying it's just nice to see like when he he goes on Steam and there's a huge banner for Halo MCC is the first yeah. thing he sees when he gets on Steam. That's cool to see. Um, it's just you know a platform like Steam. Millions of people are are frequenting this on a regular basis, uh, and to have Halo up there is great. And we'll keep having that as more games come out, which is always exciting. Um, we got playlist updates, of course. Yep, for Halo Reach, uh, you have Power Slayer rotates rotates in for shoddy snipers. And uh, they also added a Halo C anniversary playlist that rotated in. You know, so you get the uh, I think it's the the maps and starting loadouts and whatnot. Right. Uh, and then as well for all of MCC, they're giving double XP through Monday the ninth, so you can rank up and get your unlocks. Okay. Then for Halo Five on the fifth, the spring 2020 season begins. And Halo 3 Classic Throwback rotates in ran, into Ranked Playlist for March. Okay. Right. So just continuing to update the playlist. You guys know they're rotating in the game types that we've seen before, and they continue to do that. Um, I think that might replace something as well. I, I know they had Mythic, uh, FFA. I wonder if that's staying. Um, yeah, you're right. It didn't say what it was, but... Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Got an update uh, from Mantra. Yeah, uh, they signed awesome. Diagram, which is yep. pretty cool. He'll be competing for them in the next FFA event. If you remember, he was the free-for-all champion at Anaheim. <laughs> he had a pretty yeah. awesome story. He yeah. wasn't even, even going to go, bought a last-minute ticket, slept in his car, went and bought a controller from Target so he can compete, and then ended up winning the thing. So, And then getting awesome signed. <laughs> yeah, and then grabs a sponsorship deal. Can you believe that? That's actually crazy. So, um, I mean, of him. course. Congratulations to them. Yeah, and he was consistently a high performer in the FFA as well. Like coming into it, he had the best stats, uh, and he won it. So really dominant performance from him. We'll see if he uh, carries that into the uh, the upcoming Halo tournaments. I'm not sure if they'll continue with Reach. I mean, with with CE and whatever comes out next, like I, I don't know if I think that's the end of Reach for now. That's what yeah, people we'll, see. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, tournament results in the meantime. Yeah, we had two tournaments over the weekend. Attorney uh, Times had a Halo Five one v one. First place went to Bound, second was Scariotic, and third was Casey or Cassie. I'm not yeah, sure. I think it's Casey. I, I don't I think Casey was a Smurf. Uh people, yeah, I think there's a Bound, few Smurfs. Yeah. Bound was saying it was Vemzy, I believe, who Vemzy is obviously another really good player. Right. I got a chance to watch it. Uh it was a lot of fun to watch. Highly recommend you guys check out these tournaments. Bound's uh, an incredible player. He streamed it and he was hitting like record numbers too. I think he had over 200 viewers, which is, is good for a Halo 5 stream. Right, right. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, shout outs to, uh, to SWAT Nation once again for consistently running Halo events and having awesome prize pools. I'm sure they got another one coming up. Yeah, they have one uh, at the end of the month. It's like there a birthday celebration one. Sweet. But the other tournament was the Pro Am Series Halo 5 2v2. Okay. And first place again went to Bound and Neptune, which we're used to seeing. <laughs> uh, second place went to Renegade and Septify, and then third went to Chthonic and Rahuma. Interesting. I don't yeah. recognize the names. That's why That's I think good. they might be Smurfs, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Fair I enough. don't know. It could be someone. We know who knows. Mm -hmm. And then for upcoming tournaments, everyone's still in a, I guess, recovery mode from DreamHack. Sure. All that I have is Saturday on the seventh. If you're in Australia, New Zealand, ESL Play is hosting uh, online Halo 5 4v4s on Xbox and PC. That's pretty cool. 
mm -hmm. uh, of course. If you're in what you said, New Zealand. Oh yeah, the Australian New Zealand region. Australian New Zealand. Okay, well there you go. Um, still a bit of a Halo community there, so they can enjoy that for Halo Five. That's all we got for events. So kind of uh, slim. I guess you could enjoy Halo CE. Is, uh, yeah. is what you should be doing today. Exactly. It just came out. Um, I guess that's all for the news then, Maddie. That's all I got this week. All right, Maddie. Thank you so much for joining me. You got it. All right, that's all for the news today. I'm excited to bring our Halo CE legend onto the stream. Welcome, Zios, to HCS Weekly. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm glad we could work this out on short notice and talk about perfect timing with the surprise release of uh, Halo CE on the PC. It's kind of out of nowhere. It just, bam, drops it a few hours ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just thank you, by the way, so much for coming on. It was very short notice, and you, you, know, you were... Uh, just very thankful to have you here. Of course, yeah, Halo CE comes out out of nowhere, and we have you on, who you're you're like the undisputed uh, 1v1 champion of Halo CE, aren't you? Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> the reigning 1v1 CE champion before, right, right around the time Halo 2 came out. So, uh, yeah, I was good force player too, and uh, usually would place top two on almost every 4v4 tournament we played in, with maybe yeah. one or two exceptions. So I, I was one of the, the foremost Halo CE players. So an incredible legacy, and I, I had the, uh, the good fortune of, I was reading through your esports pedia today, trying to learn all about it, and I'd, I'd be happy to hear from it to you, uh, from you as well. Um, I got a chance to meet you in Anaheim, though. Of course, you've been repping Team Mantra recently. How was the event for you? I, I think this this isn't your first event with Mantra. How, how long have you guys been working together? Well, it's been, uh, this is actually the third event okay. uh, that I went with Mantra. So I was at UGC Atlantic City, and uh, then I went to Streamhack Atlanta was the second event. That was back in November, and uh, this time we, we had different rosters each event, with the sole exception of Ace being the one player that we were really kind of rallying behind. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we had, uh, of course, you know, the team that took first place in uh, Anaheim. We had Falcated, Spartan, Boobadoo, and Ace. So I've been there. I've just been kind of behind the scenes. In Atlantic right. City, I was playing in a Halo 1 2v2 side event with an old friend of mine. And uh, But Halo, I'm sorry, DreamHack Atlanta and DreamHack Anaheim, I just was there behind the scenes supporting the team. And uh, make sure they had the jerseys. And uh, there was an equipment issue in Atlanta that I helped try to rectify with the team that we had there. But uh, you know, I'm super excited with how the team did when they they were a top four team coming into Anaheim. And you know, when they showed up on land, I think it was I probably credit Elon Matt Royer here as giving us the edge to, to push us over the top because yeah. uh, what I saw online. I mean, they scrimmed Sentinels. I think maybe two days before they needed to travel down, or maybe the day before, and they were really struggling on CTF. Uh, for some reason, but once they had that, the coach there really just trying to instruct them where to go and uh, where they wow. should be pushing. It just it was a different ball game. I mean, uh, Sentinels would go up like four zero and a five five cap CTF in like five minutes on us, and uh, they would they would have to start playing comeback at that point too. But it just was just yeah. they just really everybody was firing on all cylinders and boo boo with the jetpack on Sanctuary. That was just. <laughs> It was like I haven't felt that way since I was playing Tribes Ascend as a kid. That's kind of what it felt like. Right, right. Around and dislaunching people. Oh my God! <laughs> shout out to Sniper. Yeah, and shout out to Tribes Ascend by the way. Oh my God, that game's legendary. Um, but uh, Boo Boo, you're right. Boo Boo was the star of the tournament. I think for sure he took the the tournament MVP. That's what everyone was saying as well. Um, Mantra, of course, did incredible. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't just you? Like Mantra as a team is is unbelievable. Like you've got yourself. I, I tried to grab Karma as well. I know Karma's was busy. Uh, and Elamite, like you said, who was a huge member as the coach. Uh, help, like help me round this team out a little bit. I know we got a, a couple of pictures on Twitter that we can maybe show in the background as well. Uh, we have you with the squad here. Uh, just this is this is awesome. Uh, like the full team. I, I, are there more Halo legends that we don't know about that might be there as well? 
Uh, we might be signing some more old school players here. We reach out to several people. A lot of these people, unfortunately, haven't been active in the community for a long time. But uh, okay. trying to get players such as Killer In involved and right. uh, a few others. We just have to. I'm sure once we we, we connect with them, we'll be able to get them on board. But uh, yeah, that was. Uh, so yeah, that's a. Uh, I love that photo. I'm glad we got an opportunity to take that too. So thank you for showing yeah. that. But yeah, um, yeah. All five. Uh, Lamite Warrior. I just want to mention real quick. He is with Reciprocity right now, so he's not official okay. Matra, but he was filling in for for the event. So he did a great job. So, yeah, the um, so Atlantic City, of course, you went and you represented Mantra in Atlantic City. Before that, was there there must have been, I guess, like a hiatus? Like, had, when was the last time you had been to an event like that before? Okay, so yeah, there was a, a massive hiatus. Yeah. Uh, last competitive event for MLG was sometime early. I can't remember. I want to say April 2006, whenever wow. the, the Dallas event of that year for Halo 2 was. And that actually uh it's my highest FFA placing at the time, but uh, the team I was on, Exit Wounds, um, we placed top eight. And I'd had some some issues with how Exit Wounds was practicing before the events. Um, you know, I, when I was practicing for the one-on-one -on -one World Cyber Games, for example, when you could still play online through XBC, I would try to play as many off-host games as possible to try to put myself at a massive disadvantage. Like, I literally, I couldn't win in a heads-up fight because of how bad the delay was, so I was forced to try to outsmart the opponents. But... Uh, they had a really fast internet connection and they uh bond and it was luck lived down in houston and you know they just they kept wanting to play on their connections so that was my last event because i told them it's like dude if we place outside the top four and uh we ended up taking seventh place that event and that was the that was the lowest four and four placing i think i'd ever had <laughs> usually yeah. i was at least anchoring top four i was like you know what dude that's probably the last event so it was about a 12-year hiatus since then and uh i think there there was um there were a few other tournaments I played in after that. I think the last official tournament was something called uh, CGS, maybe. Okay. Um, they did a Halo 2 one-on-one tournament, and uh, I got third place in that. But yeah. uh, that was my last official tournament, dude. That was towards the end of 2006. And after that, 12-year hiatus. <laughs> so just coming yeah. back after a big break. Right. And I, I don't want to, because I want to go back into a little bit of your history and talk about that. I don't want to skip uh, too far ahead with it. But what I was really just kind of asking was with a 12 year hiatus, like, like, is it, is it inter like, is it a different experience uh, being at an event in, you said what, like 2006 and then coming back and it's like 2019, uh, you, you know, did, did you remember what it was like? Was it, was it very different? Did it feel kind of the same? Like if things changed a lot, I know uh, like back when Halo was on top, like you had these massive Halo posters and whatnot, but the, uh, you just the environment like I, I don't know if you've been in that kind of convention center tournament environment well oh here we have this this classic photo uh, as well <laughs> well that's a great one i love yeah. t squared there on the side just yeah. busting the xbox controller out yeah. but it's uh you know they have changed a little bit um there there was a lot more people back when halo 2 was at its peak i think the final event i played in they were averaging about 200 teams per event so wow. for the free-for-alls you had over 900 people that were trying to qualify and uh, so that's uh, now when you go to the, I know Halo isn't kind of hiatus in terms of we're waiting for Infinite to come out, but uh, we're still averaging about 50 teams per event for these classic events. So, but it's it's different now because there's infrastructure in place to support these uh, tournaments that didn't really exist mm -hmm. back in the day. And uh, like Twitter wasn't around, YouTube was in its infancy, like streaming an event live, that was a non-option. Like they, they would right. record the videos and then air them later. But now you can get a lot more hype generated just by getting a lot of audience engagement just live in real time and that's uh that's that really helps makes this really helps push esports forward so uh like i have no idea what a, how hard it would be to just set up an internet connection or something like that that's strong enough to support it just at all these locations that they're doing these events on but uh right. the people in charge of that do a great job 
So it's uh, but that just uh, that's the biggest thing I've noticed so far. But there was a lot of similarities too. I mean, uh, like the stations facing back to back. That's more or less what I remember. I mean, they were on uh-huh. obviously it was on a PC, so they were using PC monitors and stuff like that. But there's just brought back a lot of good memories just over the last several months. The last three events that I've been to is like you know what, man, I used to travel the country and some places around the world uh, just to practice for those events. So it was uh, it's how I supported myself from 03 to 06. I made my living exclusively off tournament winnings. Right from uh, Halo. So it just brought back a lot of good memories. You, you must have missed it a little. I, I don't know how you can be such a champion and then and then cut it off with what almost seemed like cold turkey. You know, like, did, did you ever uh, think, like, what if I had stayed a little longer um, and grind a little longer? Or were you just kind of, you, you know, were justified in your decision at the time? Well, had I, uh, I would have kicked competitive gaming. I would have quit still at around the same time. Um, okay. I would not have completely, I literally just almost completely went cold turkey didn't really have any contact with all but the closest friends from the Mm -hmm. halo scene for almost a decade and uh had i known twitter was going to explode the to the extent that it would have i would have taken a little bit of a different approach um as far as me leaving competitive gaming it takes uh for somebody that hasn't won a tournament before it takes a lot of effort you have to put in a lot of practice into it and you have to structure your life in a way to where you're basically removing uh, a lot of time-consuming distractions so that you can focus on grinding as, as much as you need to grind. And, right. you know, when I when I took that top eight finish, I mean, the prize pools weren't as high back then as they were now. You literally had to take first place. Like the, the MLG Nationals tournament every year, those, those that had a worthwhile prize pool. But the the local events leading up to that, I mean, you would you had to take first place just to double your money off what you spent in travel expenses. If you took second right. place, you broke even. You, if you were taking third or lower, you could only profit if you were, lived locally and didn't have to pay for airfare and hotel. So you should, right. it's like you literally, there was there was no margin for error. And it's part of the reason why I dominated this or kind of a win or nothing attitude. Like my, my goal was to mm-hmm. be a professional video game player and do something I love, turn a passion into profession and do that for a living. And the only way to do that back then was to get first place. So I right. kind of had to adapt an attitude and, and a mindset to where you're putting yourself in the best possible position to win for every event that you go to. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's a... Yeah, you know, I, I would have taken a different approach. I, I would not have quit cold turkey. Like there was lots of opportunities that surfaced that I didn't realize were going to surface. Mm-hmm. So now I'm coming back after a 10 year hiatus and kind of having to, to rebuild relationships and stuff like that. And the Halo community so far has been great. It's been just some of the old faces that I've seen that I haven't seen in like 10 years plus. I got to see Ghost Jambi, for example. Yeah. I haven't seen him since the Halo 2 days uh, when, at Anaheim. He was the coach for Fallen Esports. It was great catching up with him. So yeah, I've been, I've, I've been loving making return. Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, I completely understand. Like, you're right. Like, if you go back, you know, if, if you're trying to make your entire living off of uh, tournament winnings, the, the prize pools just weren't there. You literally had to be winning everything. So you must hold yourself to a very high standard uh, to, yeah, to justify continue doing it if it's your whole livelihood. Uh, as far as coming back, though, I'm glad you came back now. I think, yes, you know, it's been a little while, but this is a pretty good time to do so. This is, you know, the, this is where the scene is building its roots once again. The community's coming together. We're setting ourselves up for Infinite. And, of course, we have a release of games like Halo CE. Uh, we also have some gameplay here, by the way. This is some one v one. What I what I also wanted to do is uh, is I wanted you to hopefully take me back uh, to the beginning. Let's say it's two thousand and one. The game comes out. Like, where are you? Uh, and and because how were you introduced to Halo to begin with? Okay, uh, I was actually introduced to Halo. I didn't even uh, pick it up initially on release. I don't even think I owned an original Xbox until about okay. maybe six months after it came out. And uh, I was working part time at a I think either Chuck E. Cheese or Brahms. I can't remember. They're they're so and uh, I've saved up a little bit of money, 
So uh, I think I asked my mom one time to just buy this Xbox one time. She was out shopping and I pay her back. And uh, when I got home from work that day and, and she did that and it, I actually bought it at first for Project Gotham Racing, believe it or not. I didn't even care too much <laughs> okay. about Halo. So my first experience with Halo was I waited for my brother one time to have a uh, – for him to, to not have any obligations, my younger brother. And I think on a random Saturday, we fired up the campaign on normal, just co-op. And we literally did all 10 missions. It took about eight hours for us wow. to finish it. Like that whole day, we, ju we just spent uh, – and we would abuse the respawn mechanics. If one of us died, we would just run all the way back until we're out of uh, – yep. so considered to be out of combat and just respawn each other. And, uh, but yeah, that was my first, uh, real, uh, introduction into Halo. And, uh, it was, you know, it was kind of groundbreaking back then. There really wasn't any other first person game that really was like that. And, uh, I think it caught a lot of people off guard and, um, it really just is part of right. Halo was so dominant too, because they, you know, kept getting more and more popular with each subsequent release. Yeah. So of course, yeah, you're right. Like the game was, when it first came out, there was nothing like it. Like I, I think it, it completely took over. Um, but then how do you go from being somebody who's just enjoying the game, playing campaign, a fan of it, to going into tournaments and competing? Because I think you were in the second ever tournament, right? Because I think before that, there was one tournament that Darkman won, uh, and that was the first ever tournament in what, 2002? And then I believe you were right there, right after that. Yeah, actually, I was in the tournament that Darkman oh, won. Oh, well, I there you go. Okay. Yeah, I didn't advance to the, the national level. So uh, mm -hmm. that tournament that Darkman won, they did, uh, there were two local rounds, and I can't remember how many people advanced in the local round, but I remember that I won it. There was a regional round, and mm -hmm. then the regionals, um, you had to take first place to advance the nationals, and they had eight regionals across the, the country. And um, I don't remember what I... The game types were really just how they ran that tournament. They were really, um, I think the, it was rat race killing order. So like okay. you have to, and I have to explain this because this isn't really a game type that's played. It, it's, it's oddball, but instead of holding the oddball, there'll be an icon over a random person on the map. And in order for your kill count to go up, you have to kill that person. You have mm. to kill the person with a nap. So any other kill you get doesn't add to your score. And then the other game type was a uh, blood gulch oddball, which is, that's not a good FFA game type. <laughs> yeah, not, not your so, typical competitive game types. Yeah, Yeah. so I got fourth and sixth, and they, basing yeah. on, on how you placed, uh, I didn't advance from, from regionals. You got points based on your place. So I don't even remember if I, I may not even place in the top half of the field for that one, but uh, a guy by the name of DeSoldier, I think, won by regional, and he ended up getting eighth place in the nationals. But yeah, that was the first tournament that I played in, because before then, I really hadn't, uh, like, I hadn't done anything other than just play split screen with my brother and some of our friends. Like, I really hadn't done anything else other than that. And that Halo Nationals tournament, when that first came out, that's when I first started doing some research. I was like, you know, is there any other way that I could start competing in this game? Because I got to start playing against better people to get better. So uh, that's when I learned about XBC and GameSpy. And uh, I didn't even have broadband internet back then. So uh, once I found out about it, I had to get permission from my parents to install broadband internet in my bedroom, set that oh, up wow. so I could start playing XBC. And Bungie.net had a... Uh, social form like it was um like you could find local groups just just to land the game and that was really big back then you, they don't need something like that now because none of the games support system link and everything is online but back then that was really the only choice you had if you wanted to, to play against other people and that actually had a lot of activity so that was the first tournament and then the second tournament was uh it was agp i don't know if did you did you hear about that when you're doing the research yeah no I, so you're it was literally i think your second tournament that you won right the, uh, the second AGP, tournament. Um, so the first one was sorry. The, your second tournament was AGP one, right? And then right, that I, was. I did not win that one. Um, the, the dream team won it, and that yes. was uh, for the four mm -hmm. on four. That was Darkman, Shiz, Chump, and a fourth guy by the name of Daigle. Yeah. And that was the only tournament I was aware of that Daigle played in. Uh, there was an FFA though, and Darkman exactly. won that FFA, and I got second. So uh, when I got second in that FFA, I noticed there was a, in my opinion, there was a Daigle 
was a very weak player. Um, he really, he was on the dream team because he was Chump's close friend. And he really just was not very good at the game. I could tell he hadn't played it a lot. And in the finals, actually, there was a Team Slayer on Prisoner where they actually just told Daigle to sit in the corner. Like, he literally sat in the corner the whole game because he was so bad they didn't want him oh. feeding him kills. So uh, after I got second place in the FFA, uh, Shiz, who was on TDT, was uh, he lived locally in the Dallas area. And I think I land with him. Like, I got his contact information, and we'd been landing because uh, he was local to the area. And I mentioned to him, I was like, you know what, man? It's just uh, I would like to join your team. And I think my exact words at the time were something I was like, I'll do anything to join your team. <laughs> he gave yeah. me a lot of – he let me know that I said that multiple times. And yeah. uh, eventually yeah. they replaced me with uh, Daigle. And uh, so that, but my team, that event uh, got top eight, I think. And uh, I actually was pretty optimistic going into that because we had practiced against Darkman's team. That Like the event was Saturday and Sunday. We practiced on Friday night. And we were literally neck and neck in all the games. I mean, we took them to game five uh, in this land series we played. And I was like, you know, we have a legitimate chance to pull this off. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't. Pr there was also another team by the name of Lords that was there that really just smoked our team in Blood Gulch. So we didn't properly practice that game type. So yeah, that was my first exposure, and that's how I got to the like. I kind of um, just just kind of saw, put myself in a situation where when I saw the opportunity, I was available to take advantage of it. Because I mean, you know, it's a lot harder to get on TDT if I don't see a, a weak link. Uh, but but right. and I don't play high in the FFA. You know, I just uh, and I don't have that relationship to shiz. I mean, I had those three ingredients. You just toss them all together, and boom, yeah. I was on the team. And, uh, and this team was a dynasty. This was uh, the first dynasty in Halo, right? So you, you, yeah. you won your first event with this team. This team. You won a couple events uh, after, and I think along the way you formed a bit of a rivalry with uh, the Ogre Twins as well. Yeah, Tell me a bit they, about the Dream Team. Yeah, the Ogres, I think uh, the first event that I saw them at on a national standpoint was, uh, it was one of the Halo 50K events. I just can't okay. remember if it was the first or second event. I'm, I'm just going to assume it was the first. Okay. And... Um, there was a free-for-all 4v4, and there was a 2v2. And my team beat them in the finals for the 4v4, so we were able to win that tournament. But uh, the Ogres just completely dominated the 2v2. Like, they beat me and uh, Alex in the finals of the 2v2, and it wasn't close. I mean, it was like 50-25 or something, whatever it was. It just was a domination. So, yeah, that did end up forming a bit of a rivalry because they replaced one of their players after 50k won. Um, God, what was the team? Was it Saiyan that got added? Uh, the Dominator was the guy they replaced. And okay. uh, then they became a really, really good team. And I think they were able to beat us at the next event. Because it was a pretty substantial hiatus between events, maybe like okay. a three or four month window. Yeah. I, I, so it was the 50K, the first 50K you guys won. It was the second 50K where uh, the Ogre Twins won it. Um, yeah, I, I remember that too. Yeah, we got yeah. second that time. And Yeah, uh, exactly. To be fair, we didn't practice as much as we could have, but that's yeah. our fault because we were a little bit too arrogant. It was like, yeah, we're just going to show up and win the event again. And nope, that, that wasn't the case. Like the free-for-all, the only player that even made it to the finals of that was Alex. The yeah. other three members were all SDK members. And yeah. it was the reverse equation at uh, 50K1 where we had three TDT members there and only one SDK. One, only one of the Ogres made it through. And uh, yeah, it was kind of funny, actually. We agreed to, uh, it was a four-man free-for-all in 50K1 and... Darkman and I think it was Darkman and Shiz that made it. They were colluding with each other. They, they agreed to uh, team up in the free-for-all. 
and yeah. uh, they would they would only try to shoot me an ogre. Oh so, no, are you kidding? Well, uh, well, we realized what was happening. So then uh, ogre and I uh, start teaming to be together after we're down by by quite a few kills, oh, nice. and then it gets to the point where I think it was Darkman that won it. That uh, he was at forty nine kills, and ogre backstabs me, <laughs> even though we've been teaming together because uh, we were both like neck and neck for third and fourth place, and he takes third place from underneath me. So <laughs> that kind of behavior that's not allowed anymore because you can't. Right, that. exactly. You can't do that. Yeah. In the events, but uh, that actually happened. I can confirm that happened. There was no rules against that kind of behavior back then. Yeah. That's the thing is this was so unprecedented. Like there was nothing like this really happening, especially in America at least. Um, and and even at that point, was was your mindset already like you want to be the best player? You want to try to make a living doing this? Like had you known like right early on the first couple tournaments so this is what you wanted to be doing? Okay, I didn't make the official leap until uh, I made a lot of money uh, in one month in 2004. But I, I kind of okay. set the – that set the very – like it started becoming a possibility because I was like, I was already at the being able to land on the dream team. I was already near the top. And yeah. um, so that made it a lot easier to when uh, the, the larger tournaments started happening, I was in a good position to place well in them. Cause right. I was, it was easy to get the land invites to, to start practicing against good people so that you can get better. I mean, uh, I mean, if you couldn't get in into those lands, there was almost no way you could get better. It's part of the reason in world cyber games, why the, you know, if you look at video game esports, like the U S just gets, trounced in almost every game except right. Halo. Halo was the one exception where the U.S. just completely dominated. I mean, yeah. just decimated every other country. And um, the reason for that is because the other countries, they just, they just couldn't get play against the good enough people. They, they were all basically fenced into the, into the U.S. And uh, back then, the internet speeds really weren't strong enough to, to support them being able to play across the, across the ocean. So it's just, uh, you know what, dude? It's just, um, sorry, rambling. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go for it. This is this is why you're here. You can ramble yeah. as much as you like. Uh, but just as you were saying that, though, I was thinking like, yeah, because I mean, the World Cyber Games, you got to travel to Korea to to compete against other people across the world. Like, I've never seen a, an event like this for Halo before, where you're traveling to South Korea. Um, uh, on top of that, like, are you fighting with your family to do something like this? Are you really young at the time? Like, this is, uh, I would uh, say fighting with the family. There was a, a little bit of a dispute at first. And this uh -huh. is well before the World Cyber Games, where my parents okay. really just wanted me to, you know, like other parents, wanted you to go to college, wanted you to go get a well-paying job. And I was in college at the time, but, mm -hmm. uh, and I was working a part-time job, but they knew that my focus was to, if, if there was a way I could jump into pro gaming, I was going to take it. And they didn't like that. So I won a local tournament one time for, it was a, I think it was a two-on-two -two tournament. And I, it was like $280, like a $20 entry fee. And I got a $280 prize purse was my share of it after i split it with my teammates so i remember getting home that one night my dad was sitting at the kitchen table and i probably shouldn't have done this in retrospect but i was just so pissed off that they kept telling me not to do this for a living i took the 20 dollars bills out of my pocket and just literally threw them on the table in front of my dad while i, while I was eating his dinner i was like don't tell me i can't do this for a living right <laughs> so in, in retrospect that was kind of a <laughs> trick thing to do I, sure. I wouldn't have done that but i just was so sick of him always being in my face because he was a big time top eight personality he was a I think it was a general sales manager in the car business at the time so he was used to telling people what to do and uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh... go ahead. Be... No, you had to be bold. I, I like it. I mean, yeah. I, and, and that led to some great opportunities. It's not even just these these events. Uh, you know, along the way came Major League Gaming, and uh, you were the first players. Uh, you and your teammates, the Dream Team, were the first players to be signed with, uh, with a contract with Major, Major League Gaming. Yeah, we were the first player. Dustin Langton, Darkman was technically the first one. Okay. Um, myself. Shiz and Alex were right behind him, maybe by a few weeks. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I still have the management contract saved somewhere. I think I might have had a printed copy of it, actually, because it was just such a milestone moment. They basically, 
agreed to take the role kind of uh, as, I guess, our agents. I guess like a NFL player would try to have an agent to try to find opportunities to other teams. They were, they were going to accept for they were going to look for opportunities within the, the media and stuff like that for us to make appearances and stuff like that. They, they took on the role of trying to, to help grow us as, uh, as players. So that was very unique to sign that. And uh, I know for 50K too, actually, that's the first time we actually met. Uh, at the time, it was Michael Sepso and Sundance DiBiani who were uh, in charge of MLG. My understanding is they've since, they, the company was bought out a few years ago. So I, I don't think they're, they're still in the, the top dogs at MLG anymore. But yeah, they took us out. They wined and dined us. They took us to a steakhouse in New York City after okay. 50K too. So that was, uh, yeah, we were treated well uh, in, when we first joined with MLG. Yeah. Yeah, just the beginnings of uh, of esports in general in, in the U.S. and really really cool to see. Um, of course, you know, being a competitor, you uh, you need to be very serious about competition, and you can't really avoid some of the trash talk along the way. I uh, I managed to find some uh, some funny old moments of you uh, <laughs> you and Walshie. Uh, we'll get I know, this. I know exactly what you're. You about know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Let's uh, let's get an old clip up here <laughs> with uh, some audio to listen to. This is a legendary moment here. Hopefully you guys can hear it because I, I don't know. Yeah, I think the viewers can. Yeah, oh, you can't hear it? Okay. I'm pretty sure it's going through the stream. Oh, there we That was the, I caught the very end of it, but you you know what you said. <laughs> yeah, well, just to be fair, uh, they actually encouraged us to do that. So that would not have happened. Like that was almost, it was real, but it wouldn't have happened had we not been encouraged okay. to, to do that. And uh, it was one of the MLG staff members actually that wanted to do it. It's like, hey, why don't you guys just trash talk? I'm going to sit here with the camera recording. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> we actually won that game. That was the only game in the series that we were playing uh, SDK. I think they were called themselves at the time. And that was the only game we won that they happened to be filming. So that was funny. That's where some of the, the comments came from. Right. So, like the 25 uncontested seconds in the middle that came there. That, that came from that clip. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, there's this, this is like the quote that's, that's gone on, uh, that's lived on. It's, it's called teamwork, Hachi. It's the yeah, classic that, was, uh, that was from Ogre's, one of the Ogre's montages. That's where that came from. I don't know if you were able to, to, to find I saw the, I did see the montage, but I think the montage is trying to, is it, um, they're trying to get back at you, right? But I think yeah, it was I guess your... so. Well, whichever Ogre did it, I, I can't remember if it was Ogre 1 or Ogre 2. Like he had uh, yeah. sent a message on AOL Instant Messenger back when that was the way that everybody used to communicate. And, All right. Uh, he shows me the clip, and I'd, I'd forgotten I'd said that. And it was a lockout Team Slayer game where me and a teammate are just sitting at the bottom of the map, <laughs> just dual-wielding, like, SMG plasma rifles. And uh, right. Walshy happens to run in by himself, unaware that we're both there. And we just literally, he died in, like, half a second. And uh, that's where that comment came from, because he had yeah. just a little bit of trash talk right there. And that was genuine. That, that, so I, I thought it was kind of funny that that comment, all these years later, like, uh, yeah. that's like, things I'm known for and nobody <laughs> could have ever known about that had Ogre not thrown that on, on his made montage. The, made the montage yeah, yeah yeah so he just happened to be recording that game yeah I mean it's it's a nice little bit of history I I was uh looking up the the quote itself and somebody I can't remember the website uh but somebody said uh this is a legendary line of Zios that that uh was then made fun of by the Ogres in a montage called it's called Teamwork Zios and then uh, he has this other quote where it says, this is from you. It says, uh, we lost for two reasons. One, we didn't practice. Two, Tupac, you were in jail. And Sergio, uh, Sergio, you might want, might have to quit your job. That is a true statement. That was after we took uh, fifth place at, uh, I think it was Orlando. with okay. And uh, I was really pissed off after we lost. And uh, so 
Pocket, I think, had gotten a DUI before the event, so he wasn't able to practice with okay. us. Um, but he got out of jail and was, was able to travel down there with us, so that really hurt our chances. But tell, in, in retrospect, telling Sergio he needs to quit his job, that's a little <laughs> – that's yeah. how serious I took it back then. That's that, that was my mindset. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you're if it's your life and, and your livelihood, then you can kind of understand where that that mindset comes from. You got to be the best. You got to win. Um, we do have a, an old interview from you as well that we can show that kind of uh, uh, showcases that. Also, let's play out the interview and then we'll we'll come right back. Another interesting story here is the number four ranked team, Exit Wounds. They're led by 22 year old Zios, who's in his hometown of Dallas. Now, at one time, Zios was the top Halo 1 individual player in the world, a bit different than Team Halo 2. And back then, he made a lot of money playing Halo 1. These are the accomplishments that I'm most proud of. Like, I like having these everywhere, just somewhat of a pride thing. I mean, I put a lot of effort into these tournaments. When you're the best of the world in something, it's a good feeling. But Zios is no longer the best in the world. He is part of a four-man team that last week placed fourth. For most teams, that would be great. But for Zios, fourth place is considered a failure. Unless we're taking first place, there's something wrong. If we were to get fourth place again, there would probably be some changes. Zios' determination and dedication to win is known throughout the league, but his motivation is sometimes misunderstood by others. I'm a lot more committed than most people, and I'm also one of the few that actually makes enough money to make a living off this full time. When you have teammates that refuse to get online to practice, that oversleep, that don't call you and go do something else that night, hang out with friends, go watch a movie, that's stuff that affects me, and that might affect me being able to make rent one month. His no-nonsense attitude to dedication was witnessed firsthand by former teammate Straight Rippins T-Squared. Actually, I teamed with Zios. We went to MLG San Francisco about three years ago when MLG was first starting. We ended up getting second, and then he just you know, went haywire and like said that our team wasn't dedicated enough. So he ended up not showing up to a tournament. I've done some things in the past that I don't think were wrong. I always thought of them as business decisions, you know. I've tried not to become really too close friends with any of my teammates because, you know, I may have to team with someone else in another tournament. One of Zios' great loves is poker, a game where he can use his intense competitive skills and rely only on himself. Maybe he'll find a future in the cards. Here in Dallas, Zios and his team's luck didn't change much. In round three, they unexpectedly lost to EX three games to two. Then in the loser's bracket against MobDeep.net, they lost in round six, six games to two. Once again, sending them home early. We're out the tournament. I mean, that's horrible. It got down to the wire and we choked. I mean, there's, we had no one to blame but ourselves. Zios had told us before the event that if they place poorly again here in Dallas, fourth or lower, there will be team changes. They place seventh. Thanks, Sundance. Yeah, so not gonna lie, I was thinking it would just uh, play with us not on screen, but we, <laughs> we sat there and watched the whole thing as well. But uh, a bit of a trip down memory lane there, of course. Uh, like you said, you're, you're very determined. You have a, you know, a mindset for success. Um, how do you feel looking back on that? Uh, there's some cringeworthy moments on, on that. Um, <laughs> I bet, so, I bet you're thinking that. Yeah, yeah there are some things that, that I said back then that I, that I still agree with because, um, you know, uh, in, my, in my opinion back then, and it's still the case today with how some of the pros approach the game. I just don't think they're, they're disciplined enough. They don't have the, 
the right mindset to, to put in the effort and to, to commit to doing what needs to be done to, to get better at the game. And, uh, you know, one of my comments that I, that I heard said there was when the teammates won't get on to practice, that was one of my biggest complaints back then. And it's, uh, you know, kind of after Halo 2, they stopped doing one-on-ones. And one of the reasons why I liked one-on-ones so much is, is it was completely on you. Uh, you didn't have to rely on anybody else. But, uh, you know, when in um, the team games, man, you could potentially make a mistake that costs your team the entire game. And uh, so, you know, it's very frustrating to to lose. I mean, I, I made my share of mistakes. So, um, but it's also frustrating to lose when, uh, I mean, there's situations where you would call out to your teammate to, to make a certain play. If they don't listen and they end up getting killed or something like that, it's very frustrating to, to have losses like that. And, uh, you know, there are times, like I said, teammates won't get on the practice. Tupac occasionally had that issue. He would occasionally in Halo 2 would bail if uh, he was having a night where he was being a little bit frustrated. And, you know, those kind of decisions, if you cut a practice session short by a few hours, that really hurts us in the long run. And uh, Gentron is another, he was on FFA for two events. The first event we played, uh, and we, we didn't even have a chance to talk about them yet, but uh, that was basically the team that after SDK beat TDT, FFA was the answer to SDK. So uh, it was uh, the top four people in the free-for-all. Uh, Walshy, Killer N, Gentron, and myself just all formed this super team. And we only lasted for two events, and Gentron was the, the reason why. Uh, before the first event we played, we literally practiced together for two weeks straight, went to Walshy's place, did nothing but just sleep and play Halo for like 14, 16 hours a day. And the, the results showed when we got to the event. And then the, the next event, Gentron decides he still wants to team with us, but he's not down to practice two weeks in advance. So uh, the only players that I think even practiced for it were the you know, a Walshy, Killer N, and myself. And uh, we just had to kind of throw Gentron in there at the last second. And we almost lost the event because of it, uh, because our, our team wasn't practiced. We, I think we got knocked into the loser's bracket and had to, to, to work our way back from the loser's bracket to make it to the finals and ended up winning 50-49 uh, on Chill Out Team Slayer for the final game to win the tournament. So, uh, and then after that, um, the Ogres, realizing what was going on, basically poached Walshy. Yeah. <laughs> And and killer in from my team, and I was kind of left, you know, I was kind of like the voted off the island. So uh, yeah, it was unfortunate back then. But yeah, there's some things, you know, cringeway relevance. Like uh, I don't know if I didn't hear this on audio side uh, on oh, yeah. my end, but I'm assuming the audience heard it. They said I said something effective, uh, like uh, you couldn't have friendships or something like that. That I meant it, it came out the wrong way. It was yeah. uh, it was when Pac was bailing. Uh, practices early to go hang out with his friends. That's that's what I was referring to back then. It's like you know what, man, that 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 hurts your teammates. It hurt me, which is why I was so upset about it. And uh, so that that's what I meant by saying like you can't go out like that because he he would bail if he if he was getting frustrated. He just wouldn't continue. Yeah. So I, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't said that. But uh, other than that, that was a pretty accurate representation of how I approached the game back then. Right. And um, yeah, so that was uh, I think that tournament we got seventh place too. So that was a <laughs> it was not a good placing for us. We're very unhappy about it. I, I think like for its time, that type of mindset is something that might have been a shocker to some people because I think there there wasn't really anything like that. It's like, oh wow, you're you're putting so much focus on video games, really? Video like it wasn't justified back then, right? But I feel no, like it wasn't. now and when I told people yeah. uh, back in 05 to 06 that I was a professional video game player, there was a right. small percentage that would just no matter what I said, they didn't improve of that activity. But yeah. there was also a large percentage where they would ask how much money I made. And mm -hmm. uh, throughout the entire span of that three-year career, and this isn't nearly the same numbers uh, as you can get in today's age. I think from 03 to 06, I made about 120 grand. That's everything, endorsements, prize winnings, everything. 
So, uh, which back then that was enough for uh, me as a single guy to rent a small one bedroom apartment and support myself playing Halo. I mean, I could pay their utilities, I could feed myself. And usually those people, when I told them the amount of money I made, there, there was a percentage where like, oh, okay. But I mean, I was, I was the only one back then in the Halo 2 days uh, that was, that was really the only pro Halo player back then that was I mean, pro in the sense of uh, my income was completely determinant on, on how I did in these events. Uh, everybody else was either living with their parents or they were living off some kind of college tuition assistance mm -hmm. and they were just living in a dorm room. So, uh, you know, when I, when a teammate skips practice or something like that and I can't pay my rent because we get seventh place, you know, that's, uh, that's yeah. something that's got to be addressed. So, and it's why, like, you know, going forward, it's a shame too, because uh, like one-on-ones seem to have kind of taken a back seat to, mm -hmm. to the four and four events. So uh, I, I would love to see like, uh, and even arena style FPS games like uh, Halo CE was, even those have taken a bad back seat kind of right now, the, the Call of Duty Battle Royale yeah. type games that, that have just dominated the market recently. Yeah. So it's just, um, yeah, that's that's where I was coming from from that. So, you know, I'm just I, I still have some of the same discipline. I'm a, I'm a little more mature now than I was back then because man, that ooh, there's some cringeworthy moments <laughs> on that. It's hard for me to rewatch that. Yeah, no, my bad. I did not expect us to no, have watch okay. that no, together it, it, it with it playing. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, that was yeah, that was a moment. <laughs> but but honestly though, I I I think it's 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 nice to have. I think it's a mindset that people in esports kind of have to have now because it, it is their career, it is their life livelihood. Um so I so I understand where you're coming from a hundred percent. So it you know, it's and it's uh it's cool because you're you're one of the first adopters of something like that. And a lot of people since then, you know, now it is their careers. Now it's justified. They, you know, it's their hundred percent of their effort, their time. So uh really cool to see like kind of where it all began. Um and you were talking about one v ones being like the identifying, you know, factor that's something that you loved and something that was so great in CE. We did have that longest one v one, the gameplay that came up. Uh if possible, let's get it back up. Uh, and tell me a bit about 1v1s and, and what you love so much about CE. Because I know CE, like, uh, on first glance, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's it's super technical. It's It seems sim simple at first glance, but there's so much to it from, you know, launching, nade launching weapons and power-ups and backpack reloading. And you got the double yep. melee. Uh, so tell me a bit about this. And, and I mean, this is uh, you versus Walshy on longest. I don't know this map too well. Um, yeah, so, so this is, uh, I think this is MLG Chicago that we're watching right now. And uh, uh, there's a... Uh, Remember back then, like Wizard was really the map that you wanted to play one on one. Right. I said there was a lot of nade tricks, and it was just a, it was almost like a, a chess match. Like there were times where you, I would nade down a power up with no intention of actually picking that power up up, knowing that my opponent's attention was going to be diverted in that direction, and I would just go run through a port and go run up a ramp, a ladder, and go grab the other power up. Yeah. And um, yeah, but it was uh, there's things that you could do in this Halo that uh, really made it a good game for one on one. And uh, Halo 2 also had the the button combos that, um, yep. you know, really after those first two Halos, because Halo 1 had its own share of button combos, like you could double melee, you could backpack reload, throw a grenade and reload at the same time. There's probably a handful of others I've got written down. I just can't remember off the top of my head right now. And, uh, you know, dude, it's just uh, being able to nade the, nade the different weapons to yourself. It was like a, it's a chess match. And, yeah. um, you know, the power weapons or power-ups too, like uh, almost the analogy, best analogy I guess I can use is... Uh, trying to put on muscle you got to lift heavy weights and there's a there's a lot of <laughs> players if you didn't start with halo one or halo two you probably don't know how to properly run the power weapons right? mm. and, and run the power ups it's a skill set you've never had to to train before like i don't think they a lot of people understand like the, the camo no less on most maps come back simultaneously at 60 seconds so uh, there's some exceptions right. on, on some of the maps and if you consistently lose 
that like you've got to position your team right. If you consistently lose those those power ups, you're you're just going to get rolled over. Yeah. And um, you know, even Halo Five, which uh, it at least brought back some of the power ups, but like they were on two or three minute timers, and I didn't like how the rocket would uh, it would have an icon on it. Yep. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't like that feature of it because that way you you know when somebody's picked it up if yeah. you didn't get to it first, and uh, you know they don't have that in Halo One. If you just don't position yourself properly, you get punished and you get punished very very severely. Yeah, and uh, just it's just it took a level of skill that uh, you know uh, a lot of people as they play it on the PC here for the first time. If if you if you match up against some of the the old school really good players, like do not expect do not be surprised if they put up stats and if, if you catch them in social four v four of like twenty kills one death or something like that. And uh, because like they they're that that's the level of skill gap that that that's present in this game. But uh, yeah, one v one is just it's it's just you and the other person. There's nobody else there. And uh, there's some of the like you don't have to respawns really aren't an issue on, on that. You don't have to worry about getting spawn trapped necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's there's no other teammates that can position you poorly. It's just it's, it's little things like that that just really kind of made one v one really stand out. Yeah. And uh, this game right here, Walshy could have won this. Uh, this was 15-14. While she charged at the very, very end of the game, and he made one mistake. I think he thought I, w- I talked to him after the game. I was like, "Why did you charge there?" And he thought I was wounded. He thought he thought he'd hit me with a grenade that he mi- actually had missed with. But uh, if he, he if he just plays that right, I think he could win that. And while she's name was Sundance back then, I forgot that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had a little more uh, leeway back then. You didn't have to use your uh, right. your actual gamer tag, and I'm using the Z tag here. So. There was um, there was actually one moment where Walshy made a huge play on you. I think it was like near three minutes forty seconds or something, where you have I believe OS camo and shoddy, and he like shoots you four times and then does the double melee and and just yeah. takes you out instantly. Yeah, it's it's actually crazy to watch. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, like he was uh, I had to basically stop engaging him in close quarter combat because I don't know if he was doing this back then, but he was the first to implement the the claw play style. Right. And back then I was not clawing, so anytime I got up close with him. He just decimated, like right there, he double melees me. Like I couldn't even drop his shields and I was dead. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it's like, you know what? I had to just adjust my gameplay to him, dude. And eventually I adopted the claw style myself right yep. towards the end of Halo 2. But there was a little bit of a transitionary period where I was doing terrible while I was still getting used to it. Nowadays, you don't have to really worry about it too much with the elite controller having those back paddles and stuff like that. Right. But um, yeah, man, he was an innovator, dude. He was really, really, really good. But like you said about the the power ups and and uh, power weapons, I totally agree with you though as well. With classic Halo, just you have to be so it's so cerebral. You have to be so aware of of where these items are and the moment they're going to come up, so you can take advantage of them. Uh, even more so in CE when you're specifically launching them, like you have all these angles and the nades seem to land perfectly where you need them to if you throw them in the right uh, spot, and and you can perfectly launch yourself stuff consistently every single time, which I think is so yep. cool. You, there's no almost like no people do it in Halo Five, but because of the way the mobility works and the fact that you can throw yourself at weapons it just there's not the same value as it is in halo where it's classic halo where it's like you're you move like a tank kind of right so you're limited in your mobility you, you have to like there's huge value in being able to launch these weapons over to you um halo 3 had that really interesting aspect as well called dirtying weapons i don't know if you remember that where uh the timers once again they were they were invisible like you didn't know when the weapon was going to pop but if you managed to grab a weapon while it was spawning it pops in the air and you grab it before it hits the floor then the timer is is essentially dirty like it still thinks the weapon hasn't spawned and if you continue moving on the map while you hold right, that yeah, weapon it, yeah Dynamic timers is, uh, is yeah. what they call that. So, like, Halo CE had a static timer, so it, does, it doesn't matter when you grab the power-up or when you grab the exactly. power weapon. You grab it at 59 seconds, uh, you grab an OS at 59 seconds, it's coming right back in another second. But I think Halo 2 was the first that had a dynamic st- 
a timer where rockets, for example, usually were two minutes. And in Halo 2, uh, it would continue on a two-minute timer as long as the person that grabbed the rockets initially burnt them all and dropped it. But if they held on to it, uh, it wouldn't respawn it, until that guy got rid of the rocket, if I'm remembering this right. So the, you really could um, really mess with the timers of the game because it wouldn't start until uh, instead of being on a static timer, it, like whenever it was last grab slash whenever the game thinks it's available is when it would come yes. back out. It was, it was strange. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's just, um, you know, even the timing. Like right now, you can, in Halo 1, you could double, potentially quadruple the power-ups. If you position yourself right, uh, you don't see it a lot really too often in competitive play. Like you'll see it on prisoner if both right. people happen to be on top of the overshield. But uh, I mean, you can, I mean, there's just levels of, of detail uh, that just aren't present in some of the other Halos aside from maybe Halo 2. Yeah. And uh, like Halo 5, I don't remember seeing a lot of, there were Natrix available, but they were nowhere near uh, the level of how important they were in Halo 1. Like in Halo 1, you could counter a bad setup. Like Damnation is a great map where you're going to just see the, camo nated down to the pit every single time it comes up right. like you're almost never going to see somebody be able to successfully grab that like if if uh that that camo sitting there five to ten seconds after uh it comes up i guarantee you somebody's baiting it like there's somebody with a rocket pointed right at it <laughs> like uh yeah. so it's just like those kind of details they're just missing from some of the other halos and i i like you know it'd be kind of interesting if they did a throwback classic halo event because uh there, there's some skills that some of the, the current Halo pros would have to teach themselves. I don't think they uh, right now, the current Halo pros, dude, I don't think they can really hang with some of the, oh. the old school Halo talent right now in Halo CE. I mean, they can be taught what they, uh -huh. what they need to know. I mean, their shots will be good. But yeah. uh, the positional awareness of how to move themselves around the maps, I mean, there's things you have to do in this Halo that just aren't there. So, and some of the other Halos, aside from Halo 2. I know I've said that two or three times. So <laughs> no, I, I I hear you, and I, I think that's why we still have a bit of a Halo CE community. Have you heard of the Beachland by any chance? I have. Yeah, I have not gone. Yeah, because um, I feel like you'd be right at home. See. I'm yeah. a very competitive, so if I don't have a good teammate, uh, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, it's a uh, yeah, that has a great turnout. Actually, I think they yeah they had like eighty something teams for it last time. Right. So yeah, it's that the Halo community's got a lot of old people that. Uh, still support the scene. In fact, that, that the community is still around is part of the reason that uh, in UGC Atlantic City, they're even able to have a Halo 1 2v2 side event, that event as well. I mean, uh, they literally brought back all these old two t TVs. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't happen with people that are just really devoted and passionate and still love the game. Yep. Like, I still love landing this game. Like, there's still no nothing that uh, just compares to this right now. It's uh, it's pretty awesome to see that they, they've done a lot of little things to kind of upgrade the experience as well. And they have like specific timers that count down that you can hear. Uh, and like I, I can't do it justice, but yeah, the Beachland does a great job with that. Like you said, uh, still using the CRTs. It's like the Smash Bros. Melee community where these games like they just they continue to live on because the game itself is such a unique experience in comparison to the other Halo titles. Like it's you can't find it anywhere else. So people just stick with it like they swear by, it, especially with CE. So uh, really, really cool to see. And not even just in, in these gameplay mechanics. I know the spawns is a big part of CE as well. There's a, a recent or more recent streaming gameplay of you. I don't know if we have it, if we can show that as well. Uh, there was just a little moment here on, on a map prisoner where you had this one guy just stuck spawning in the same location. I think it has to do with uh, his his teammate, uh, you know, not really doing anything to help him help him out. I don't know if we can. Yeah, this is prisoner 2v2. So uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm recognized the moment, but uh, you don't want to try to spawn your your partner here out in the open, like um, like right now where I'm aiming. That's exactly yep. where you don't want to That's spawn. And so you uh, just keep if you're, spawning it. Yeah, if you're in the blue tunnel, they'll they'll keep spawning out there. So uh, <laughs> like this other guy is hiding in a in a corner, not realizing he's getting his uh, teammate spawns right. Here I am throwing nades because I know he's gonna spawn there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's uh 
like somebody that doesn't isn't aware of the spawning system in Halo One, and this is really something that another skill set that other Halos yep. you didn't have to worry about. Like Halo Five, it all it does is put you away from the enemy team. Yep. And uh, there, there's some maps where you're playing Halo Five where I know where they're going to spawn just based on where our team is uh, is is located. In Halo One, it just spawns you on your teammate. It doesn't care if you're in the line of sight of an enemy. <laughs> so uh, yeah. like this guy right here, dude. It, okay, finally his teammate moved or we killed him or something like that. But yeah, there's times where yeah. you you'll, you'll intentionally try to keep one guy alive because he's positioned so poorly and just spawn trap the teammate. And uh, so yeah, right right there, this he's not positioned himself well. So it's unfortunate. He doesn't understand what's going on. So like the, the, right. the other the other teammate may not realize that he's playing badly right now. Uh, and you know, this is one of the reasons why you don't want to necessarily look too much at KDE ratios. They're a very critical stat. But uh, you know, this guy right now that's been spawn trapped by his teammates. Can't do anything. Zero and 10, but it was his teammates fault for giving them those yeah. 10 spawns. So that's uh, why so you gotta be careful with that. Just relying exclusively on that statistic. So a really interesting example of skill gap here as well, though, right? Like just having that that intimate understanding of how the spawns work. And and if you have that, and, and especially if the enemy team doesn't have that, they can end up in a situation where there's literally nothing they can do to counter your play there. Um, unless they, of course, they move and, and they know how the spawns work. Um, but just, yeah, really cool to see. And that, that you can extend that and say, uh, in certain scenarios, you spawn your own teammate in a very specific location. Like if you want to give your teammate a, a top spawn, you have to know the areas of the map where you need to be standing so that your teammate spawns above you yep. in a good spot to pick up a power weapon or whatever. Um, so really cool. And it's something that I don't expect we'll ever see again, because I, you know, people don't like being spawn killed like this, I'm sure. But, um, but it's just, there's so many little unique things of, of Halo C that I think, uh, like you said, make it such a special game. So. Yeah, just the spawning really in 2v2, like Prisoner and Hang'em, like we're watching Prisoner right now. This is one of the maps where if you don't understand the spawn mechanics, you're at a big disadvantage to a skilled 2v2 team that does. Yeah. I mean, there's times where uh, you may not want to spawn your opponent on top or your teammate on top, depending on how they're positioned. Like you can easily spawn somebody. Uh, it's called Red 3, which is basically the level right above where I'm standing right now. You can spawn them up there very easily just by getting right underneath that ladder in a specific position. But, uh, you know, good teams know to look out for that. So uh, if there's a guy on top overshield, they're just going to pick your teammate off. Yep. So you got to be aware of uh, just little things like that. And and this is one of the reasons why 2v2 is it's so popular right now uh, within the Halo community is because uh, in 4v4s, you can't control which one of your teammates you spawn off of. Right. So it's not nearly the same 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 level of focus. And uh, But on maps like Prisoner and Hang'em, dude, you'll watch people... Uh, it, once you realize what's going on, they're, they're, they'll literally just try to random their like their spots on hang them where if you stand in this specific position, there's actually no response for your teammate to spawn on you. So yeah. they'll just spawn randomly over the map. So and, and you'll just watch over and over again, like just people sitting in random spots. Like if you see that uh, a really good player doing that, it's probably a random location. So, yeah. uh, you know, I just haven't seen anything like this. I mean, uh, where you've got to focus uh, to like just again, it's just another another edge that, yeah. that you can push against somebody that doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, which which makes me think, because we're talking a lot about CE and all these classic games and what makes them so great. Let's try fast-forwarding. Of course, we're, we're in a, a period here where we're waiting for Halo Infinite. We have CE that just came out today, and uh, hopefully you, you'll you know play that a little bit too. But um, what, what do you want to see in Halo Infinite? Um, just, you know, it'd be interesting seeing from your perspective. Uh, okay, well, what I want to see is, uh, in my opinion, uh, Halo has continued to... This is particularly when Bungie was in control. So Bungie, for those who, who don't know, they released the basically the first four Halos. So right. it came out with Halo 1, uh, which well, I heard later, I think this is true from one of the programmers, that they didn't even intend to release it with multiplayer. They, yeah. they, 
they made a decision minute. like three months before the game was supposed to go out. It's like, okay, let's go ahead and throw this on there. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's almost a fluke that the, the multiplayer is as good as it is. Like if they had had more time to, to properly sit back and think about it, like the, the pistol, for example, the time to kill on it is just so ridiculous, dude. Mm -hmm. It just can drop people so quickly. Yeah. And um, then Halo 2 comes out and that game took less skill than Halo 1 because they, they nerfed it. Like they nerfed the Natrix quite a bit. They, they were trying to, they took an approach from Halo 1 to Halo 2, then Halo 3, 2 to Halo 3, where they were appealing to the casual players. And I think what was happening was in these old school arena style FPS games, you know, players don't like to, to lose badly. And, uh, you know, I was right. playing, actually fired up a stream before, uh, about a two hour stream before I hopped on to interview with you guys. And uh, I was seeing people in the chat, like I played a longest TS game where the other team didn't even do that bad. They lost like 50 to 30 and they were claiming, like they're complaining in the chat saying like, when is Halo 3 coming out? This is terrible, blah, 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 blah. I was, like, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, it's like, you're lucky that was longest and not hang them because you'd have lost right. like 50 to 10. I mean, you actually have one of the better map setups for you there. But, uh, you know, people that lose by that large of a skill gap, they tend to quit out early. And I kept seeing a pattern where Halo kept catering to the amateur players. Yeah. And uh, it got all the way to the point to where I think uh, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion with some of the people that are listening. But Halo sure. 3 was probably the best selling Halo of all time. I know that's where a lot of people got their start. From a competitive standpoint, it was a horrible game. It was a terrible competitive title. And I don't think there's a lot of pros right now that are going to try to defend it. And had I done things properly, had I positioned, uh, like had I been properly, like I didn't do a great the relationships I needed to within the community. Um, it's my opinion, I probably could have taken Walsh's spot on the, the initial, uh, when FFA broke up, and I definitely 100% could have been on their Halo 2 team when they were looking to replace Killer N. Wow. If I'd just been anything, uh, just a, even remotely friendly to those guys. And looking back on it, I really had no problems with any of them, dude. Um, the Ogres were pretty cool to hang out with. Walshie was a great guy to, hang, to, to spend time with. They just were really top, top competitors. And uh, so, yeah, going back to the, to the question, um, Halo Reach, which is the, you know, we just had this tournament in Anaheim. And, and I made a point to where if I was interviewed for this, I was never going to say this on, on the live stream because, you know, 343 didn't make that game. Bungie did. Right. But it was the worst, easily the worst of the competitive titles. And at least when yep. it came out, like back in the day, there were no playlists. You were forced to play with Bloom on, and Bloom was just... It was uh, horrible. Just, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> and uh, like every tournament that yeah. uh, they ran for MLG, there was a different winner up until the finals. And uh, all I saw was this bloom mechanic just randomizing the game but that's what bungie wanted they didn't want the cat they figured that if you you mess with the pros like this and that you know, the amateur players aren't going to be dying as much and then then hopefully the, they'll have you know player retention they wanted to keep people around and uh halo 5 um well i'm sorry halo 4 came out after that and that was competitively yeah. wise it was a well, small halo 4 felt like it... there, there were things that needed to change and then halo 5 was almost halfway back in the direction, of my opinion, of Halo 2 and Halo 1. I'd probably put Halo 5 as uh, below Halo 1 and Halo 2 in terms of skill. So what I want to see for Infinite is um, I want to see it go back in the direction of Arena FPS. I don't want to see recoil on the guns. I don't want to see bloom on the guns. I want absolutely no aspect whatsoever that randomizes the shots. So I want the shots to land where they're supposed to land. Right. And, um, you know, in games like Counter-Strike and you have those recoil mechanics dude there's times where you're going to lose kills it might not have been your fault it, it's the the spreads messing up your shots your cursor may have been exactly where it should have been but that person's going to kill you instead because of uh, a luck element it introduces an element of luck that doesn't need to be in the game i want to see uh some of the skill-based mechanics that are present in halo 1 and halo 2 make a, re uh, a return and uh, you know they i heard a rumor that um halo 5 mythic arena might potentially be 
kind of what Infinite is heading for. And if that's the case, I'm very excited about the future for Infinite because that was that was basically Halo 2. Uh, when, I, when I was playing Mythic Arena, if you had a chance to play that, that was essentially I did, it. yeah. Yeah, it, it was a it was very very skillful game. They took a lot of the, a lot of the movement and arm abilities out, and uh, thrust was still there, but it was so nerfed that you it was almost wasn't even worth using. And uh, it just <laughs> reminded me back of the old school days where if you positioned yourself poorly, if you ran out in the middle of the map with no teammate to support, one yeah. two three four you're dead, and uh, that's how it should be. So um, you know I, I want to see them go back in that direction, and uh, like I really want to see Halo. Honestly, I want to see it return to the top because. Uh, you know, had this some of the infrastructure, like Twitch, for example, been set and had that been properly set up back when I was uh, competitively gaming, I would have never right. quit the scene because right now you could you don't even need to necessarily win tournaments to to play games for a living. If you have a strong personality and you can entertain people, you just yep. become you become famous, notorious, <laughs> however you want to look at it, dude. You can make yeah. it work doing yeah. it. and definitely, uh, you know, Ninja still got his start as a as a Halo competitor. Yep. So uh, I mean, now he's he's blown up. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of crazy seeing the potential now. So yeah, I want to see it go back in the arena FPS direction. And uh, they've released so little about it, too. You know, it's supposed to come out later this year, I'm hoping, at some point. Yeah. They'll, they'll release some information about it, because I've got nothing but, like, I don't know what you've seen. I've seen two E3 trailers, and that's I it. I haven't seen anything, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I've, got, I've seen no gameplay. I've got, I, it could be anything. So uh, it's just, uh, I almost want to try to sneak my way into 343 Industries, dude. Go up there to Seattle and just figure that, out. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was uh, a couple things you mentioned, though. I'm not a CS guy. I don't know too much about CS, but I, 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 I don't know how I feel about it. when you said the the random aspect, because I, I feel like that's a big part of the skill gap for CS. Though I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, as far as controlling the recoil, like the top players know how to control that perfectly, I believe, so that they hit. It requires their you shots. to sit still, and it's not right. Uh, it is not hard to hit a stationary target. It's a lot more skill-based for you to be moving around and trying to hit a target without okay. worrying about that. So okay. it really just slows down the game. I mean, I actually enjoy watching CS from a spectator standpoint. I was watching it in between Halo matches and Anaheim. Yeah. It's just not a game I like playing. A recoil is one right. reason. Not being able to respawn until the next round is another reason. And uh, like I just watch these people take certain angles of certain maps and they won't move. They'll just, they'll just hope the other person runs in their line of sight. It's just not my yeah. kind of game. Very different like, style uh, of game. Yeah, so I prefer the the action oriented respawning and right. um, like uh, like for example over the weekend in Anaheim, dude, like I think Sanctuary CTF takes a lot of skill. Like uh, I could tell what the teams are doing when they're about to try to cap a flag and uh, they're trying to usually they'll try to spawn them in the rocks, but from, yep. for the, not always. And uh, if you get them trapped in the rocks, then I'll see them run the flag. It's just a lot harder to cap something when uh, the CS you don't even need to you don't have to plant the bomb. I mean, you could just kill the other team and win the round and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in Halo, you can't do that. You got to get the objective, and you have to get the objective when they keep respawning. So yeah. it's just, uh, it's just not. I know there's a lot of CS people. It's just has never been those kind of games. I just can't get into them, dude. Fair. So I want to see Halo go back in the arena FPS games. It's a shame too, because like yeah. back since the early 2000s, Quake is a, is, a, is a great arena FPS. Unreal Tournament was also really good back then too. And then just unfortunately, Call of Duty kind of took over. And yeah. you know, once Call of Duty started selling really well, people started modeling the Call of Duty formula. So now we've got all these mechanics, in my opinion, that are just really bad for the games. They just, like, um, I bought the most recent Call of Duty Modern Warfare remake, and I just, it just, uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's fun, but I mean, I would, I would never want to compete in that for a living. I, it's just, it's not enjoyable. I hear you. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my opinion.
So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, I think I a lot of stuff, uh, with, especially with like CE and, and Halo 2, the uh, the arena style of gameplay kind of bringing that back. Because I feel like you're right, arena style gameplay is something that, that we haven't seen a lot of recently. It's been it's been kind of low key and hopefully it does make a swing back. And we're all focused on, on uh, you know, Battle Royale and, and even, you know, Call of Duty is a different style of arena. Um, we talked about this before the interview, though, was uh, Time to Kill being such a cool aspect of Halo. And this, this video that I had seen that talked about um, Time to Kill specifically like in Halo 2 and Halo CE, especially Halo CE, it's so different uh, compared to like a person who doesn't know how to shoot very well and a person who does know how to shoot well, right? In Halo CE, it's a three-shot kill. It's it's like what you said, I think you said, said uh, 0.6 seconds yep. versus uh, if you don't hit headshots, you're looking at how many, what's it, like seven shots or something? It's, uh, like? it's five shots in Halo five 1, assuming they don't have overshield, then uh, the, the, the default kills somebody. So like the default kill for Halo CE is the same time to kill on the DMR, but you would have to headshot the guy, uh, basically. Um, but you'd so, have to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, it's uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, you know, Halo 1, again, that, that how much skill the pistol took to use, I still haven't, uh, you know, the BR is essentially a, a nerfed pistol. That's all it is. <laughs> and um, I still, even games like Quake, I can't think of, uh, in any weapon that those other arena FPS games have that even came close to the pistol, the pistol was basically a super weapon. Like it was so powerful that you had to spawn everybody with it because if you didn't and somebody happened to spawn closer to it than the other team, that, that you literally wouldn't get a kill on them. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, we, that's why we had the generic starts instead of the custom starts. And some of the first tournaments were custom starts. So you'd spawn with a plasma pistol on prisoner or something like that. And then they realized, no, we got to switch it to generic <laughs> and give everybody the pistol. Right. So it's right. just, uh, yeah, it was 0.6 second time to kill. And it took a lot of skill to use. Yeah. Um, you know, there was uh, little things where if you, you know, you held the trigger down instead of single firing, it, it would actually, uh, just, there was actually a bullet spread on it. So your shots will start landing all over the place. So you had to learn little things like how to, how to aim it. If you're strafing, you're going to have to learn how that's affecting your shots too, because that's going to affect the shots where the shots land. And uh, just, it took a lot of skill to use. Yeah. And uh, I just can't think of, uh, you know, in, in Quake and I guess Doom would be another good example of uh, Doom 2003, Unreal Tournament. There's no other weapon. Like the the sniper, the railgun is, it's like a sniper is basically a uh, railgunning somebody's a no-scope sniper. That's the way I've always looked at it. But there's yeah. no replacement for the pistol. I can't think of any other gun that kills somebody so quickly. It could kill it from, like, it's almost always the best weapon to be using, no matter what situation you're in. Uh, like, very, very rarely is it not the best weapon to be using. So uh, that's how powerful it is. I just guess the, the beauty of it is the fact that it's it's so rewarding to players who understand how to use the weapon well. If you're very accurate, if you know how to use the CE pistol well, you were rewarded by getting much faster kill times. It's not like your typical, like you think, oh, Halo has a high time to kill. It's 0.6 seconds is very fast to get a kill and then move on to the next guy. So if you're at that high level, you can wipe out teams, you can get overkills very quickly. Even with something like Halo 2, where you have the button combos that were introduced, they, like if a, if a top player was hitting like uh, double shots, he'd melt a player in like less than half, it was half a second or something, right? So you'd, just the fact that that players are being rewarded for being exceptional with their gun versus somebody who, you know, maybe doesn't hit all headshots, it takes significantly longer. I think that's a really cool aspect of, of skill gap that was lost with games like Halo 5. Um, and I wonder if they would bring that back, right? Because Halo 5, uh, a good example is if you do have perfect shots, you get a five-shot kill. If you don't have perfect right. shots, it's a seven-shot kill. There's not too much of a difference in timing between the two. Of course, it still could be crucial in an important moment, but it's it's not like a Halo C pistol where if you know your stuff, you're just wiping them off the map. So I wonder if they could try to find a way to make shooting more difficult and add more nuance to it, but reward the players who shoot well 
and have that kind of dynamic. I think that's something that needs to come back personally. But I, I yeah. agree with you too. And they actually did that a little bit. Halo Five. I remember they. Uh, I think the pistol might have been a four shot killer first, or they did something, or they, maybe they took the aim. They did. They did something to nerf the pistol. Oh. And uh, the Halo community at the time, the, the competitive community, uh, actually approved the change because we thought it would take more skill. But they were doing it to give people that were using the automatic chant weapons more of a chance. Oh. So, uh, but I mean, they, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, they get infinite right. And you know, they yeah. put like what 500 million into developing it. They're also going to release it on the PC simultaneously. They didn't have to do that. They could have just kept it next Xbox exclusive and forced you to buy a new console. So <laughs> yeah. when I see decisions like that. I was like, they're they're backing the franchise. They're not just using it as a, uh, they're not just trying to pump the sales in the next console. They want the the game itself to be successful. And I see something like that, that encourages me. Yeah, it, it does feel like now more than ever, there's an opportunity for Halo to, to swing back into the forefront. And when you think of, like you said, social media and the platforms that we have now, it can go from, from you know where we are now, which is relatively unknown, to huge in in just a couple weeks. Like you, and you talk right. about Ninja, who's massive. Ninja is playing Halo Infinite. He if he loves it, continues playing it. That's you know that's thousands, tens of thousands of people who are constantly watching his stream, plus any of the other streamers. So he, there's a lot of potential there for sure. I think that's um, why Mixer picked him up. They 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 were yeah. lining this up in advance. There's no exactly. accident there. I, I saw exactly what was happening when they stars picked are aligned. Like, that was yeah. smart marketing right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before I, I let you go here, we do have a couple questions in the chat that I just want to uh, to get to here. We got uh, Vicksburg Halo says question for Zios. Uh, some say that the golden era of Halo One has stronger players than the players of today. You have competed in both eras. Uh, what are your thoughts? Have you competed in both eras though? But, but what are your thoughts? Well, what does he mean by both eras? It's I, uh, like uh, Halo One players, um, the ones that were good. Were, were the ones that were on the, the top two teams in particular, they, they were very, very skilled. Yeah. And um, so the, there's a maybe eight to 12 players that I would probably name that uh, I felt like in, in their primes could, could beat anybody else in their primes. Um, it's hard for me to compare the Halo CE players to the Halo players of today. Because um, I, I, I don't know how they would fare. Yeah. And um, there was less players, there was less total people in, in the Halo CE tournaments. I, I, I will give that out there. But... Um, I don't know, man. Like, if you like, for example, if the next Halo event is uh, is let's say there's there's a throwback tournament for Halo CE since that just came released. Let's say it came out within the next two weeks. If the teams that placed well in Anaheim tried to compete against some of the best skilled Halo One players, I don't think they have a chance right yeah. now. Um, they would have to learn the the skills that you haven't uh, that you've never been taught because you've never had to you haven't played. Uh, you got in the scene after these skills had already been removed from the game. Yeah, and uh, so like right now, Halo is—I don't know—it has a unique place place in my heart, dude. So, like, I I got a lot of respect for the old school Halo players because they played Halo, in my opinion, when the game took the most amount of skill. Um, and Halo Two also was, you know, I didn't. Halo Two was half the reason I, I stopped competitive gaming because I didn't like it as much as Halo One. But even that was still light years ahead in terms of skill levels compared yeah. to some of the Halos that came out after that. Yeah, I, I mean, some, something I noticed about these games though is. Um... It's very easy to to like at first glance play a new Halo game for a bit and think like, oh, this isn't, you know, as skilled or as interesting as the last ones. Like that's definitely how I felt when I went from two to three as well. Like with Halo three, it just felt slower. There was like equipment, you throw out a bubble shield or whatever, and it just seemed yeah. kind of cheesy. Um, but then, you know, as people played it, and Halo 3 isn't as technical as the other games, but it has those other nuances, like, you know, like I said about dirtying weapons and, you know, core aspects of teamwork and even just using projectile aim and, and properly leading your weapons and your, your snipers. It's like later down the line, you 
you recognize these little nuances that that you maybe didn't see at first glance. Like that's how I felt about Halo Five. I feel like a lot of people just dismissed Halo Five because they're like, oh, you can sprint, you can thrust, whatever. But now, like if if you go watch any of my content, there's a crazy amount of depth in the movement mechanics. Of course, shooting is uh, maybe you know more simplistic, but it's interesting with these Halo games. There's always more that meets the eye. I find you have to kind of like try to just grind it for a bit and just uh, you know take get get rid of all the preconceived notions and your feelings of the past titles and just play it as is, and then eventually you might learn something you know really cool. But I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Halo in general. Halo Five yeah. was step in the right direction, dude. It, yeah. it was definitely a step in the right direction, in my opinion, from in terms of skill level. So I, I know there's some people that really didn't like it because of some of the things in it, but yeah. I, I personally thought it was a step in the right direction. I mean, but I had a different frame of reference because I, I, I was here Halo from the beginning. So even though I didn't compete in some of the other Halos, I did play them. So I, like Halo 3, like you said, I didn't like the bubble shield. I didn't like the maulers. Yep. The, the BR had a spread in it that Halo 2 actually had at first, but then they patched it and fixed it by accident. So mm -hmm. the BR didn't take as much skill to use. So just little things like that were just... Uh, then I remember the construction cones too, on whatever map that was. Pit, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> Just little little things like that. So yeah. yeah, there is a bit of a randomness to the uh, the BR spread in Halo Three. That's a little unfortunate. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of little things like uh, like that. But overall, I, yeah, these all these Halo games have have their their unique, awesome aspects. Uh, J J Ozzy says, uh, how much were nading weapons power ups used in the earlier events? Uh, the earlier events. They weren't used too much. Uh, a lot of people didn't know a lot of the tricks back then. And actually, uh, you know, we talked about timing. Would you believe that the first event that, uh, or the second, first event I was with TDT, the second event that TDT won, we were the only people there that were even timing the weapons when they came back. We had a, uh, we, we had this block that we, I had bought from, uh, I forgot where I bought it, some, like Walmart or something like that for 20 okay. bucks. We, we would put it on top of the wow. television to time the power-ups. And after the matches were done, we would try to hide it because we didn't want other, anybody else to realize what we were doing. Yeah. And uh, that Halo tournament at the time had like 300-something people. And I remember still thinking to myself right now, uh, like, you know, out of 300-something people, like, is that, it was my idea to start timing in the first place. Like, I was, like out of 300-something people, like, we were the only people to, to have thought to have done that. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, back then, back in the day, there weren't a lot of Natrix uh, that, that we knew about. But as we kept progressing, I mean, uh, I remember the first nade trick I taught myself was how to nade rockets on top of Battlecree. And, um, you know, that was, uh, I, ju I, just, I just randomly positioned myself randomly on top of one of the bases, threw a rate nade up there. It's like, I want to see what happens. And by stone accident, lands right where I'm standing. Wow. And from there, it was just was a, a matter of uh, just trying to find every other map where you could nade weapons to yourself. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, it became really, really prevalent towards the, the later stages, but it wasn't too much in the beginning. Yeah, and that's that's where you just end up spending hours, just like finding specific angles yep. and tossing. Yeah, um, I was watching a, a a tip video from Ogre Two a little while back, and there are some angles for nades where you need to use the sniper because you need to ten x yep. zoom so that chill you out. get the specific I, I, and chill out right with to chill nade out. the rockets. That one out. So I, I don't know if anybody else figured that out, but just had to okay. put myself in the corner and uh, yeah. you can nade the rockets on chill out to to overshield. So. Um, yeah. It's uh, if you have a teammate waiting on OS, you can. Uh, I would throw a pre nade first to try to clear anybody off that platform if they already have control of it because you are conceding control of that room. But you can literally nade it, bounces off the window, lands right on ideally lands. You can grab it yourself, but ideally, you'd already have a teammate that grabbed overshield and you can grab it. Like little things like that, they're just such nuances. Like hang them high, in particular, like nading the snipers to back red and to blue. That's a critical skill. And um, like it's a uh, 44, if you can get a sniper in your hand, it's very effective. 
And uh, so, yeah, you, you saw that become a lot more prevalent in the later Halos. Yeah. It's wild because that, that just becomes fundamentals in, in the yeah. game. Like, if you can't do it, you're screwed. Like, you're not going to get those weapons. So, you're really, at a disadvantage. Like, a, yeah. like the Grenatrix, they give you a way to get map control back that you otherwise couldn't get it back. Exactly. You know about yeah. those tricks. Like, it's yeah. a way to. Are we there? there? Yes. Okay, yeah, I froze. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Cool. But I, I got what you were saying as far as uh, regaining map control uh, using those tricks, which is like incredible. Um, uh, Griff, Griffo Lion says, uh, question for Zios. Uh, what do you think about the lack of competitive Halo superstar? Uh, MLG tried hard to make their top contracted players household names in the gaming world, and they achieved that. Now it's not so present. Uh, no more giant banners of Walshi Karma or T2 at events, autographs, etc. Okay. Um, back then, um, MLG was trying to build itself up, and um, you know, honestly, there I, there's a lot of drama I can go into with MLG back in the day. They made some mistakes in their infancy, and uh, I'm hesitant to criticize them for some of their past mistakes because the people that were in charge are no longer there. But um, you know, I would like to see um, some stars, potentially some big, big time name personalities be promoted for some of these events. Yeah. They don't necessarily have to be signed pros necessarily. But uh, that was kind of an exciting thing to do because, uh, you know, even though I, after I left the competitive Halo scene, I mean, I was seeing T-squared on Dr. Pepper bottles yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's that's huge exposure. And I think there was a photo on the Internet of uh, Obama getting, um, I think it was Obama, and uh, there was a T-squared Dr. Pepper bottle like right on right next to this <laughs> tabletop where I think it was Obama. I can't remember who it was exactly. Okay. But uh, actually, I don't know why it'd be Obama, but it, it was somebody. I mean, it might have been when he was a senator. Right, but, right. Uh, huh. Yeah, it was uh, It's like, you know, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. That's that's a lot of mainstream exposure. But, you know, there's also, uh, you know, back then, you know, we got we have Twitch now. We have streaming platforms. There's other ways for these people to to get known. Yep. So uh, th there's other ways to do behind besides just the leagues trying to, to build these players up. But yeah, that was kind of a unique aspect back then. I should think about it because you don't really see that a lot anymore. Yeah, and you're right. It is kind of uh, like up to the players as well to to build a brand for themselves also. And I, I right. think, uh, yeah, it's amazing that we had that with with Halo. But the, the other other aspect is the fact that Halo, Halo was it. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't too much else out there that that was king. Like Halo was king. So I, I think it makes sense that they really broadcasted these individuals. Nowadays, when Halo isn't as popular. Uh, you have like the, the leaders in esports aren't Halo players; they're players of other games. So uh, there are amazing players with amazing personalities that I hope get you know that backing that that grow and, and explode when Halo Infinite comes out. But for now, it's kind of harder to have those superstars when the game itself uh, you know doesn't have the popularity. Um, but but I think that needs to happen for Halo to live on. I think it's these types of personalities that that grow the community and that that allow the game to live on. So exactly, it would, it would really help. I think that's yeah. part of the reason. Circling back to why Mixer signed Ninja, they're going to probably have right. him all over Infinite when it comes out. And uh, you know, looking at the Twitch numbers too, when they first dropped uh, MCC on the PC, and uh, you know, first day they had upwards of 140,000 viewers at at the peak, but it was really just five or six well-known streamers that were pumping that population. I mean, that's actually, believe it or not, dude, and having those players pick that game up as their primary game, that's a lot of, lot of exposure. That's a lot yeah. of exposure. Now, the people watching that are going to want to pick up that game. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a, one of the things they could do to grow Infinite. Um, so, to get some of those streamers to, I don't know, maybe like do a 
do some kind of tournament or something like that, like Apex Legends did, where they invited all yeah. the very, very beginning. They had all those top streamers. I still remember it. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant marketing. And uh, it's like even the people that don't place in the top four of the 20 teams you get, you're still getting all that free advertisement because they're going to be actively firing up their Twitch streams while they're while they're competing in the tournament. It's just it was brilliant. So I think they should they could definitely take a page from that and uh, do something similar when Infinite comes out. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, when you think of Halo being Microsoft's largest first party franchise, it's launching alongside a new console. Like, come on, you know, let's let's get some superstars here. Let's get some some big events, uh, especially like you said, like the Apex one. Uh, where you have all these massive personalities playing together. I think that'd be great. Uh, Legacy's Folly says, uh, also, do you think an arena-style game with intentional button combos could have a market? Um, so I guess instead of stuff that works discovering organically, they actually you know, add button combos into the game. Uh, that, could, um, that could have a market. I would expect it to be a niche market. Uh, mm -hmm. If the game is properly made and it takes a lot of skill to play, there's going to be a lot of casual players that aren't going to stay with it. So that needs to be kept in mind. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I do think there could be a market for that. I, I think it's, if it's explained in the right way, like not, not to be that guy, but if, if somebody could just let me make the video explaining <laughs> to people, uh, how these button combos work or, or somebody who can explain it well, then, then you can take something that is, you know, somewhat complex to do and, and make it digestible and make it exciting to learn and to practice and, and to get good at. So I think it's a combination of seeing what's possible if you hit those combos and, and it being explained properly so people can, you know, get behind it and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I understand that that having a game that like has that layer of difficulty right from a get-go can deter some people, but it's those types of things that allow games to continue to succeed. It's why Super Smash Brothers Melee has a $250,000 circuit and the game came out 20 yep. years ago. I don't know if you heard about that. They got a Smash circuit now yeah, happening. Yeah, Smash is, uh, I love seeing how old school that, because I, I played a lot of N64 Smash, but not so much Melee. I just think it's yeah. cool how they've stayed together all these years to make something like that happen. Yeah. So that, that that's just epic. So yeah. you know a game's been made right when, God, when was it like? It's almost... 2001. Like, it came out the same year. Yeah, it's almost 20 years old. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so they're still playing that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. And I like that's testament to the depth of the game and the fact that the pros, they grind it, they become good at it, and they love it. And, and right. then they showcase that to their community, and their community thrives. Like that's what I think we need. You know, difficult games can, can you know, lead to passionate players, basically. So exactly. And just I want to see a game that's done right, whereas they keep playing it, people keep learning new tricks. Like uh, bringing back the Smash example, there was a recent Smash tournament where some, you probably heard about this, some 15 or 16 year old girl, I think it was used a character that everybody else had written off as a terrible character Ooh. and basically won the whole tournament, just running this whole character through the, like, that's the level of depth. I, I don't know this, but, but yeah, I, I heard I about this. this. I assume it's true, but yeah, she basically used uh, somebody that, uh, is it ultimate? generating memes. Like Maybe it, it's Smash it Ultimate funny. or what's that? Is it Smash Ultimate or is it Melee? It was the, it was the newer Smash. Okay. And Ultimate. Switch. Yeah. Oh. So it wasn't, um, the old yeah. one, but, uh, it was obviously that game's new. So people are still learning it, yeah. but, um, yeah, but the, the same thing happened uh, in like 2014, which is like 13 years after Melee comes out. It's 2014, 2015, this Japanese player named Amza who plays Yoshi. Nobody mained Yoshi at a high level. He's a low tier. Comes in and he beats Mewtwo King, who's a top five. He's like a god of Melee. Anyway, this is a whole other discussion. <laughs> but uh, but that stuff happens. And it's it's crazy to see that you have games that are so deep and nuanced that you can have moments like that. And those are historical moments in, in the game's uh, history. So cool stuff.
Uh, Safe case Slayer says, do you think Legend and Patch are the two best players currently in H1? Do you follow the uh, the H1 players at all that are still yeah, playing? Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. Right now, they are the the champions on 2-1-2. Two two. Yeah, so they are two of so, some of the best players. Um, there are also some other good, really, really two, like a Twisted and Zorg are actually really good. Uh, STK50 has gotten really good. Um, the, both the Ogres, when they still play, are actually both pretty decent as well. Yeah. So, um, but you don't always see them on Ogre Ones in Australia now. But uh, yeah, they're they're right now. If there was a two v two event, I would expect Patch and Legends if they don't win it. Yeah, the dominant players right now. Uh, I mean, they the last event that I saw them compete in was UGC Atlantic City, and nobody came close. I think there was one team that took one game from them, and that was it. So um, yeah, it was. Uh, they they right now they are some of the best Halo CE players out there. When you watch those guys play and compare it to yourself back in like 2004, does it look totally different? Like there must be brand new strats you haven't seen or, or you know, techniques and whatnot. Well, the um, the way they small manipulate the maps, like they kind of, the, after Halo stopped having tournaments, and it's a shame too, because um, in my opinion, and I know I'm in the minority right now with the Halo communities, I think four and four takes more skill than two and two. Uh, there's okay. some objective game types like CTF, Oddball, and King of the Hill that just cannot be properly run on two and two. But the the two on two community loves to to spawn manipulate. Uh, something that I really see Legend and Patch do just very very well, and uh, but unfortunately it's led the two on two community to be kind of narrow minded, and uh, they will only run the same five maps over and over again. And there's other maps that uh, I think are actually decent maps for two on two, but they don't play them because they can't spawn manipulate in them. Ooh. And uh, like Battle Creek was one of the maps that. Uh, you know, eventually I started getting people to agree to do that on land, but uh, you can't spawn manipulate in it. So I was like, you know, this is a really good map for two on two. Like, uh, like it's a it's a chess match to win the camo and OS battles. You can nade the rockets to yourself. I mean, it's a skill based map. It should be in the rotation. It should be out there just because you guys want to play hang them in prisoner all day and just try to randomly spawn your teammates and hang them. So right. uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one aspect I've seen it change in, in the twos is uh, because you know that community was really the only community that stayed around, so they've become really kind of a dominant voice right now. Mm. And um, you know, there's other games like there's other maps too where, um, you know, Rat Race isn't completely awful for two v two. I wouldn't recommend it in a two v two tournament. There's other there's other things you could be doing. Like I, I understand what's motivating the yeah. the current pros right now why they do this. They only choose the same handful of maps. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, rambling. <laughs> no, uh, interesting point. I didn't I didn't consider that as well. Yeah, like they're you know being very focused on spawn manipulation. Of course, that takes a lot of skill as well. But there are other you know viable maps that, that right. play yeah, well. Just a, it's just two v two TS definitely takes more skill than four v four TS. I'll say that. But right, uh, there's too In many the players types, that yeah. Uh, yeah. It just four v four objective game types have the potential to punish selfish players that only care about their KD ratios. And particularly in a game like Halo 1, where you could literally spawn screw your teammate. Yeah. And uh, Halo 2 had this uh, to some extent as well. And, uh, you know, if you're not careful, I remember one game where uh, T-Squared talked about this, but it was Lockout King of the Hill, and he was, all he was doing was just sniping people going for the hill. He was just stat-padding his KD ratio. And uh, the, the, uh, the other three of us kept trying to charge the hill and take it over. And I think the hill was on top BR on lockout. And uh, he just would not leave the sniper platform. And we would keep spawning there. And we just, they would always have one guy left alive and they'd be spawning by the hill and they kept getting more time there. And it got to the point where it's like, dude, like we got to the point where like three of them were dead. And T-Square was the last one of us alive. And I wanted him to push library. It's like, dude, uh -huh. just push library so we, we don't, we keep stuff. You're literally spawning us all the way across the map from the objective. And uh, his, his answer to me was, uh, I just got three headshots. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he said to me. Like he did all the work. Come on. That, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Was, in his mind, he was playing great. 
But uh, in reality, it was really hurting the team. It's like if you just pushed in library, they were all dead anyway. We would have spawned there. We could have overtaken the hill. Instead, that last guy that's still alive is going to spawn his team there. And, uh, you know, those kind of players, they don't get properly punished in 2v2 TS. So uh, I, I like seeing those players get – that's why I like, like 4v4 CTF objectives. Um, oddball and CTF in particular, those players can really hurt your team. And uh, it's one of the reasons why if you're relying on a KD ratio, you don't want to be – you know, they could stat pad that stat. It's not the end-all, be-all. It's definitely an important stat. But, like, if somebody's stat padding it at the expense of the team, then, you know, that's not a good thing. So, it's I hope a, that answers the question. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's interesting because, uh, you know, team play being, like, such an important part of Classic Halo, that's that's changed a lot as well. With Halo 5, you can make a lot more individual plays that you would never make in Classic games. And, of course, teamwork right. is important at the highest level, but it's changed a lot. The selfish plays you get away with a little bit more now, nowadays. But, um uh, yeah, the dynamics a little different. I wonder how they're going to change things with Infinite. I'm really curious. Um, but our last question to close things out, we got uh, John Smooth says, uh, "What's your thoughts on H1 MCC and all of its obvious issues? Since it's a port of H1 PC and not the original version of H H1, therefore forcing the H1 community to still play the original on consoles." Do you know about this? Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of the differences between the, the original Halo and yeah. Halo One and MCC. Um, now, I will say that it's in a better condition now on on MCC than it was when it first came out. Um, Halo PC, to be honest, I've preferred that they try to port the original Xbox version instead of just port the PC version. I get why they did it. The, P the PC version was uh, originally set up for online play, but it was yep. done in a way that was very, very, very poorly done. Um, and uh, in the MCC's defense, there are some issues uh, on that, in that version that I don't see on MCC. I actually really enjoy playing MCC on 60 frames per second. It's very noticeable when I go to the original Xbox and it drops to 30 FPS. Um, it's it's extremely noticeable. And the original Halo on the Xbox had this, it's a turnaround glitch where if you turn around too fast, um, your, your shot will, like if you had rockets and you tried to spin around, the shot won't land in front of you. It'll be glitched. Mm. And uh, I don't see that on MCC. But yeah, there are some issues on MCC that, uh, honestly, that, you know, when the game first came out, yeah, I mean, they shouldn't have ported the PC version. They had the, uh, like, you couldn't trust what you were visually seeing on your screen. They had yeah. to add audio cues, just like the original Halo PC, just like I remember, because I competed in that game back in the CPL, to, to, to tell when you were hitting people. So uh, once they fixed the netcode on that, which, uh, you know, right now in its current condition, almost, it's almost like off-host has advantage uh, because they... They're getting some aim assist and they're getting credit for shots they shouldn't have gotten credit for. Huh. And um, it's one of the things that we recently noticed was that uh, if you try to host up a game in a custom lobby, dude, and you're doing fours, man, the host is pretty at a pretty big disadvantage now because uh, the shots land where they're supposed to land, but everybody else is getting this compensation that they added. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's look, man, it's just um, right now at this day and age, I'm grateful that MCC is at least available to be played. Yeah. And I know when the game first came out, it really was. I bought an Xbox One for that, and it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. Yeah. It was, uh, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if anybody turned in, uh, turned back in their Xbox for a refund back then. But it's grown. It's a lot better. And you know, I did play the PC version earlier today, and I, I played it during the beta, and it seemed fine. I mean, I didn't no notice any big differences between that and the MCC version. I know there's a lot of old school. Like I'm not going to be on the hate bandwagon for the MCC version of PC. There, there's yeah. some areas where I see that it's improved. Um, so. But, you know, if I had the choice between which one I'd rather run a tournament on, then, yeah, I'd, I'd rather do the original Xbox. So, but, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at on that issue. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's nice, like you said, that there is Halo CE on PC, and hopefully that you know can inspire players to try the original version or something, or hopefully we can somehow get people who are leaders of the Halo CE community or Beachland or whatever to somehow work more closely with 343, or you know find a way to try to fix and implement these. I don't like. I don't know what it would take to 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 bring things you know over to the way that it was uh, you know with the with the original version. Um, but you know clearly there are a lot of people who are very passionate about that and want want that to be uh, preserved. Um, but yeah, it is, it is kind of unfortunate that it's not quite there. Hopefully hopefully that can happen. Or, or like I said, hopefully at least this being on PC can in inspire people to go play. The yeah, it's, a, it's, I mean, still, it's, I mean, compared to the original, it's still very fun. It's still very fun. It's yeah, just, uh, exactly. From a competitive standpoint, I just, I, I can see where the, where some of the complaints are coming from, from the old competitive community. Like the, the original Halo, Xbox version as is, definitely is more skillful to play than the MCC version right now. That doesn't mean I, that I hate the MCC version. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to get on the bandwagon. And 343, to their credit, they've done a great job with their, uh, like, community outreach. Like, uh, it would not be hard at all for, for me to put some of the old school Halo pros in touch with some of the 343 people. And if they, they were curious for our feedback, we'd be happy to provide it. I'm sure they probably already know. They, they, they do such a good job with the community interaction. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's another something else we could also do. But, uh, you know, they've been, uh, even the beta, dude, and I thought they did a pretty good job listening to feedback on that as well. Yeah. So, uh, and here we are a few days, or not even, what is it, like, maybe so a week after, no, not even a week yeah. after the beta's ended, they, they, they've already released it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully we can keep up that kind of time frame uh, so we can get Halo 2 and, and Anniversary, Absolutely. and there's three, like, there's so much more to go still, so hopefully they can get that all out, and then Infinite, that's the, the big one we're all waiting for. Still have yet to see gameplay, no idea what it's going to be like, and hopefully hopefully we love it. Um, you made a good point, though, as far as 343 and their, you know, connection with the community and, and just being more connected now and listening more, and I think that's a great precedent set for sure, um, but I guess now it's just a waiting game. Um, but yeah, just overall, just having you on the show today, it, it's an honor to have you on, man. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank you for inviting me. I'm glad that uh, my schedule synced to where I could accommodate this. This yeah. definitely had a lot of good fun, a lot of good questions. Some cringe brotherly moments with the old interviews and myself. But I need to <laughs> remind, remind myself as I'm coming back to the community not to not to behave that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was that was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me on. I do feel like you're very well loved coming back. So it's nice to see you back, man. Uh, and and nice to see Mantra, you know, starting off the year by winning a championship. So kind of going forward, of course, we're waiting for Infinite. But what what do you think is kind of next for Mantra uh, in preparation? Yeah, it's just uh, well, we need to figure out what tournament's going on first. We signed a right. uh, uh, the person that won Diagram or yeah. Diagram. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but he won the Reach Thanks. FFA in Anaheim. So we signed him, but uh, we're not even sure if the next event will be Reach right now. So uh, if they throw a Halo CE event, and obviously I'm, I can potentially make a return for that. Ooh, they may, that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, depending on how fast they release the games, if Halo 2 comes out before they, within the next month or so, I would expect them to probably do a Halo 2 event over a Halo 1 event that could probably generate know? more teams. So I like mean, you still just, got it though? Sorry not to interrupt that, you. Do you feel like not, you still got it? Like if you Halo were to one? play Halo 1, yeah. Yes, I, I think I compete at a high level. Um, if, well, it was, if it was fours, I would absolutely form a team. If it was twos, um, it's going to take the, I mean, people like legends and patch, they've been playing this game like every weekend for like the last 10 years. So I, I probably wouldn't try to challenge them on twos there. Um, but if it, if it's fours and you have the proper objective game types like CTF and King of the Hill and stuff like that, then yeah, I would absolutely make a return for, for that, that event. And I still think my skill level is pretty high. And, uh, so, you know, I don't even play the game that much anymore, but I have played it enough to at least keep familiar with the mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, 
that's uh, that's everything for today's interview. So yeah, just thank you so much, and just looking forward to seeing what Mantra has next, and uh, you know whether it's CE, Reach, whatever it is, and then uh, you know what happens in the future with Halo Infinite as well. Absolutely, we're excited about the future. We're looking forward to it. Thanks again for having me on. No problem. All right, guys, that's everything for today's episode of HCS Weekly. Remember, guys, if you like this show, you can watch it on a number of different platforms. You can, of course, watch the past broadcast on Twitch. You can also go to youtube.com slash UGC events. You can listen to it on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, a lot of different places to keep up with HCS Weekly. So go check out those platforms. You can watch these epi this episode and more, of course. That's it for today's episode. We'll be right back next week, same time with more HCS Weekly.